Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. And welcome to Against the Match Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm your other co-host, Donnie Cage. Mr. Cage in the house. How's it going, brother? Right as rain, Kentucky Guy. How's it going for you? Oh, I'll tell you what, if I had to get any better, I'd have to take a peel. Have to take a peel. Hey, boys and girls, if this is your first time listening to the show, be sure to hit that follow or subscribe button, no matter which platform. You're listening to us on, we're on 73 different audio platforms. Also hit that notification button, that way you know every time we upload a new episode, we do upload two episodes a week. Uh, We talk about pro wrestling past, present, and future. Also, uh, we're on uh, stations such as Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, and the list goes on. Mr. Cage also co-hosts another podcast. Go ahead and tell him about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, the Uncaged Voice podcast uh, is currently on YouTube. It is co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw, Jester, and Top Tier Rated. We talk all sorts of entertainment topics, news, uh, uh, gaming, movies, any anything you can think of, really. It's a great show. Uh, definitely check out all of our episodes on YouTube that we've done to date. Well worth the watch, folks. Be sure to check that out. Also, if you're into current events, news, political... Everything on scene here in this big, beautiful country or around the world, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. We drop two episodes a week there. And uh, also, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show, you can or have a question for Mr. Cage or myself, including asking Mr. Cage to take you on a date to WrestleMania. Yeah, Uh, you can always email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's ol99, Kentucky spelled out. OLKentucky99 at yahoo.com. Also, in our descriptions are, is the link to the merch shop, all of our social media, and all of that good stuff. So be sure to check it out. All right. So let's go ahead and get started uh, with some results this week. Let's go ahead and I guess we'll just start uh, last night, which was raw. And uh, we'll go from there. So let's hit in our results. So, Raw started out with the Judgment Day coming out. As always, the number one faction on the show. And they came out without their fearless leader, Finn Balor. And they were actually Damian Priest and Rhea were asking, where is Finn? The Irish ace, J.D. McDonough, came out and he had a message uh, from uh, Finn Balor. Now, he did say that he wasn't there to show any disrespect or anything like that. We actually broke on this on this podcast uh, quite a few weeks ago that his name was coming up as being a part of a new member of Judgment Day. However, Sami Zayn, who JD attacked last Raw, came on the scene and started a brawl with him, and it actually went into an impromptu match. And Sami Zayn actually defeated JD uh, McDonald in the middle of the ring, even though Finn Balor uh, did show up and they tried to distract Sami Zayn. What I want to talk about, though, real quick, is at the end of the night, the Finn Balor and Cody Rhodes match, where JD 
the Irish Ace comes out comes out there, and he actually saves Damian Priest. He actually helps him. So I don't know if, uh, if they're going to lose any members of Judgment Day, and they're just going to add him or where this is going. But I can tell you one thing: the same elbow injury that kept John Cena on the shelf for all those months, Sami Zayn was right back in the ring this week. So kudos to him. Same injury. And I tell you, his shoulder looks, his elbow looks horrible. Uh, your thoughts on that segment, sir? Yeah, I mean, it's always good to see Sami Zayn pick up a victory on TV as one half of the tag team champions. Depending on how severe his elbow is in real life, that's probably going to dictate uh, how much time he might miss. Because certainly the angle they did on Raw hinted that he could be taken off television for at least a little while. And we know Kevin Owens is also nursing an injury right now. And if that's the case and they have to end up stripping Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn of the tag team titles, I mean, that's that's just going to be so disappointing after that feel-good moment that they had at WrestleMania. I'd much rather WWE find a way for the two of them to defend the belts on television and have them lose, whether it's the Judgment Day or another team, and just write them both off with injuries so they can go heal up and then come back um, better than ever. Yeah, now... But as far as the second... Sorry, go ahead. Didn't mean to interrupt, but just to caveat on that, I did read several reports that that, that is not in the works. They're not going to strip them of the titles. And because Sammy can still go, which he proved last night, and Kevin Owens can still go, because the rib injuries, he's been wrestling with them anyways, that they're not going to strip them of any titles or remove the titles from them, having them lose to somebody. So just to kind of clarify on that. Now, I appreciate the clarification, Kentucky guy, and that's great news for fans of that tag team, and there's certainly a lot of them out there. As far as the Judgment Day saga, it's going to be interesting because they've been teasing dissension in the ranks between Finn Bauer and Damian Priest. You throw in J.D. McDonough, who clearly has loyalty towards Finn Bauer because Finn Bauer was the guy who actually trained him. So, like you said, I don't know if this is going to lead to one of the members being kicked out or if they're just going to present a united front and then maybe somewhere down the line we'll see we'll see a breakup. My personal opinion is with the bloodline starting to crumble as a faction on SmackDown, I think it would be a huge, huge mistake to break up Judgment Day. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, uh, I don't think that the, the bloodline is going away, but I do think they're going to get tampered down here quite a bit coming up. Like, none of them are scheduled for SmackDown this week to be on the show. And there's a reason for that. And I think that they're going to see if there are other stars like Judgment Day, like LA Knight, can pull in the ratings without, you know, the, the three and a half saga year, uh, story going on that everybody's been tied into so and we'll talk more about what happened on smackdown with jay so when we get there but it's going to be uh pretty interesting uh what's happening and uh it actually took a shift on saturday or friday that uh i wasn't prepared for so like i said we'll get more into that uh chad gable uh he had he had a match against imperium's giovanni vinci uh he defeated him straight up and then gunther Challenged Otis to a match. And, of course, Gunther destroyed Otis. Uh, those two matches were pretty good. I don't understand the push for Chad Gable right now. We know he doesn't have a chance against Gunther. Okay, let's make him look a bit strong. But, really, after two or three years of making him look weak and, like, not even worthy being in the ring, now let's make him look strong once he goes against the ring general? I don't, I don't get it. Your thoughts? I mean, the fact is, you've got to have challengers lined up for Gunther. I mean, he's a fighting intercontinental champion. It's all about defending the honor of the sport and proving that he's the ring general and he's superior to every other wrestler on the roster. So, of course, you've got to present someone who's going to offer a challenge. But, I mean, is Chad Gable going to beat Gunther? Probably not. But I've always respected him as a wrestler, and I appreciate that he's at least getting the spotlight right now on on raw because american alpha is definitely or excuse me alpha academy i call them american alpha 
Alpha Academy is definitely really over with the audience right now. As far as the matches themselves, I mean, I think the end results were predictable, but sometimes predictable is good. We know this is building towards a match between Gunther and Chad Gable. It's probably going to be a payback next month, uh, which I'm looking forward to it. And, and, we'll, and we'll just kind of see where things go from there. Yeah, I mean, you have other wrestlers, though. <laughs> I mean, you have Karrion Cross. You have, a, you have a whole roster full of wrestlers that could easily be in this situation. I mean, I would rather see Pete Dunne in this situation than Chad Gable. That, that's just me. Um, and then we have the Glass Bros. The Glass Bros. Uh, Riddle and oh, McIntyre. And they went against the Viking Raiders who were brought to Raw to just put everybody over. Even if we're going to just throw two people together who do not, who have opposite personalities, who never wrestle together, stick them together, call them the Glass Bros, and let them defeat a stabilized tag team. Trish Stratus and Becky Lynch battled to a double countout. Also, and then we mentioned Cody Rhodes did defeat Finn Balor. Uh, your thoughts on the ending of Raw this week, sir? So, to comment on the Riddle and um, Drew McIntyre uh, team, the Glass Bros. Uh, who thought of that name? Did they actually think they were being clever? Let me tell you something. If you wanted to put Drew McIntyre back in a tag team, even if it was on a temporary basis, pair him up with someone who he has history with. Put him with Cody Rhodes as a tag team. Remember, they were SmackDown Tag Team Champions at one point back in the day. And put them together for a little while and let that lead into a storyline where the two feud with one another. There's history there. Pairing him up with Matt Riddle makes no sense at all. And it even makes less sense for them to beat an established tag team like the Viking Raiders. But as we've said numerous times, Kentucky guy, um, they've given up on the Viking Raiders. So this just is what it is. Um, good match between Cody Rhodes, though, speaking of him, and Finn Bauer. Those two always, you know, bring their A-game to every match they have. Not too surprised in the end result. Of course, there were some outside shenanigans, again, that led to the end result. And that's why people keep saying, well, what's going to happen with the Judgment Day going forward? It, it, it begs a lot of questions. But, um... I think Cody Rhodes has had enough matches now against members of the Judgment Day. It's time to move on to other things. You know, uh, here's the thing also that doesn't make any sense. Coming out of the last pay-per-view, your McIntyre looked like he was going to turn heel after his match with Gunther. But he doesn't. You actually put him with one of the biggest baby faces out there right now and Matt Riddle to team with. They, they've... I, I, I don't know who's botching us. I don't know if creative's botching us or if McIntyre has demands and he's uh, kind of screwing himself. I don't know, but I'm not a fan of McIntyre, and I'm okay with him being off TV, but if he's going to be on my television set, at least let it make sense. At least let it make sense. Okay, let's go into AEW Dynamite results. Oh, I think uh, Oh, sorry. Was that, uh, Mr. Gage? Uh, uh, Kentucky guy, you did miss uh, one match that was on Raw, the uh, the women's match, the, lo the long-awaited women's match between Becky Lynch and Trish Stratus. I said it went to a double count-out. Uh, yes, you did, <laughs> and I totally missed that one. <laughs> what did you think about um, that? You know, I wasn't a fan of this match. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, considering how much they've been hyping it up, I'm just, I, I was I was disappointed, and the crowd wasn't into the match either, so that should tell you all you need to know about the match. Yeah, they need to run away from this. Uh, yeah. Let, let's, let's get into Dynamite results. <laughs> yeah, so we had uh, the Young Bucks in a uh, true blue, uh, long-awaited match. We've seen it before, but it's been a while, against the Hardy Boys, Matt and Jeff Hardy, and the Young Bucks are victorious. Now, the Young Bucks have a bit, big match coming up, in Wimbledon versus FTR, so that should be uh, 
that should be interesting, but I thought this was a very good match. I think it showed a lot of nostalgic moves in it. And uh, also the Young Bucks, they kind of showed how they're the now tag team. I've seen some different moves, and Young Bucks are great. you got to admit, though, if you see the same moves over and over, it can get a little bit redundant, a little bit boring. But they had some new moves this match, and uh, you can tell they've been working on their craft even more. So kudos to those guys. Yeah, your thoughts on the opening match? I mean, I'm not surprised here. I mean, the Young Bucks are one of the best teams in the business. I mean, the Hardys, of course, are one of the most legendary tag teams. They are both past their prime now, but when you're in there with two talents like Nick and Matt Jackson, they're going to make anybody look good. So I'm not surprised that this match uh, exceeded expectations in many ways. I'm glad the Young Bucks went over here. That's the way it should have been. I, I, I know that had that the result been the opposite, you would have been saying, this is the, the moment where I threw my, my remote at the television. <laughs> of course. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had that drug-induced guy come in here and beat my Hardy Boys. No, or my Young Bucks. No way. And then we had Jack Perry defeat RVD and retain the FTW. The one thing that we said, don't let it happen. Okay, he beat him on a roll-up. I don't care. This was a slap in the face, in my opinion, to RVD and to ECW and all these veterans that paid their dues so Tony Khan could open a wrestling promotion. He had one chance to make it great. Who cares if he held the title for one day? I wouldn't have cared. Do not let this punk come on there and pin RVD. And you drew it. You dropped the ball. Your thoughts on that match? 100% agree with you, Kentucky guy. I mean, first of all, I know RVD is technically considered past his prime, but I'll tell you what, i got to give him credit. He showed up in shape and ready to go in this match, and anyone who says any different doesn't know what they're talking about. He hit that, uh, you know, that spinning leg drop on the on the barricade just, le- just as well as he did back in the day in ECW. So he looked great. I'm not 100% shocked by the result, but the problem is, I'm so tired of people winning matches, regardless of whether it's a babyface or a heel, winning match with a surprise roll-up. I mean, Jungle Boy, if you're going to beat RVD, at least earn the victory a little bit more. I'm sorry, but RVD could, on, on on, on his best day, can just mop the floor with you. So, congratulations, you're still the FTW champion, but RVD still rocks. Well, look, you know, the criticism that he's receiving... Uh, RVD for that match is, is unwarranted because here's all I got to say to everybody that's posting that he's slowed down a step or what have you. No matter what age you are right now, no matter what age you're at, if you're not, if you're much, much younger than him or even older, keyboard warriors, listen up. Do me a favor, go do what he did during that match. Go do a couple of the moves he did and film it and show us how great you are. I guarantee you. You'd be ashamed to post it. This guy, he can still go. I don't understand. True wrestling fans know this guy can still go. No, he's not going to be the RVD he was 10 years ago. Of course not. But doing those flips, doing the frog splash, if you can still go, that means you're training every day. And that says a lot for somebody his age. We had the Blackpool Combat Club take on Luchador Lucha Brothers. Blackpool Combat Club actually won that match. I actually enjoyed this match. I actually thought it was the best match of the show. I was, uh, wasn't was really looking forward to it because it seems like the Blackpool Club is on television, on Dynamite every every week now, and Collision for most parts. And, you know, I just got tired of seeing them. But this was a good match. And I thought Penta looked good and his brother. And, yeah, they lost the match. But I still thought it was decent, feather in their cap. And then we had the uh, women's uh, world champion, Shihada, faced Anna Jay, and she retained her title. There was no shock there. Match wasn't really into it, but good to see. Uh, good to see this match building up between her and Storm coming up at All In. So that should be interesting. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Well, like I said, at least um, at least the Blackpool Combat Club didn't lose to the best friends this week. Yeah. <laughs> At least they wrestled former 
AEW trios and AEW tag team champions in the Lucha Brothers. So at least they had legitimate opponents. So, and they didn't look weak in defeat. So I'll, I'll give them that. Excuse me. Um, the women's match, again, the end result was kind of predictable. But I'm a fan of Hikaru Shida, and she looked great as always. So, you know, keep, keep it going as far as I'm concerned right now. Yep, yep. And uh, let's see, that's all I can think of that happened on Dynamite. Can you think of anything else? You know, nothing really noteworthy, unfortunately, Kentucky guy. Did we have anything uh, with MJF or Adam Cole that we needed to follow up on? They, they played a video package of those two, uh, just of their tag teaming together and, uh, you know, and build up of the all-in match. That match is going to be uh, something. I'm just wondering, is one going to turn on the other before the match? If not, then if a title changes hands, will that be the turning? I mean, something's got to give somewhere, right? Like, they can't just walk in, all in, have a match, a title change, and be buddies afterwards, right? I, I mean, I would think it's going to be one of those situations, and I could be way off on this, but part of me is thinking that there's going to be some sort of double turn that takes place here at, um, at all in. Um, you know, if MJF wins, he's going to go back to being a full-blown heel. If Adam Cole wins, he's going to turn heel, and MJF might be the one chasing the title. Could be totally wrong about that, but it, it, it's it's the most logical next step because I don't know. I just I don't buy into the whole idea that these two are going to remain buddies after they face each other at all. In I am uh, I, I'm here I'm I'm here for Adam Cole to turn heel. It's been too long. Some of his best matches have been him as a heel throughout the years. So, yeah, I'm here for that. All right, so let's go into last week's SmackDown results. One, two, three, Big upset of the night on SmackDown. Huge. Everybody's talking about it. They cannot believe the winner of this match. And it was L.A. Knight who defeated Top Dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big surprise there. Yep, L.A. Knight did defeat Top Dollar on SmackDown. Uh, AJ Styles also defeated Karrion Cross Once again, Karrion Cross looks tough during the, the Battle Royal at the pay-per-view. Says it's not over till I say it's over. Bring him on TV the next week and let him lose the match. Do not understand it. The guy doesn't even have a faction, so why is he feuding with the leader of the OC? I don't get it. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? Well, yeah, I mean, that was the shock of the night, L.A. Knight beating Top Dollar. <laughs> not. <laughs> Did you think there was going to be any other result in that match? I mean, come on. L.A. Knight's got a ton of momentum right now. Um yeah, I'm, I'm upset about the uh, the outcome of the AJ Styles carrying cross match. AJ Styles, you have all the respect in the world for me. I think you're one of the best wrestlers of all time. You've had a Hall of Fame-worthy career, and that's why you're at the point now where you should be putting the younger talents over. Um, I mean, not that carrying cross is a spring chicken, but I think he's like 38 in real life, but um, he's still younger than AJ Styles and still has a lot of upside and I don't really understand the end result of this match. I'm guessing the feud is not over. I'm guessing they might finally have a blow-off match at Payback, which hopefully Karrion Cross will win. Um, but yeah, I'm just kind of... I was kind of shocked by the end result of this match. And then we had Charlotte Flair face Asuka. Uh, and that battle ended up in a no contest. And then... And this is what I think <laughs> a lot of you listening thought I was going to start off with because this did shock me. This was surprising, especially to happen on a regular SmackDown. But Rey Mysterio took on Austin Theory for the United States Championship title. And your new champion, Rey Mysterio. Yeah, straight up beat Austin Theory. Uh, shocked me. I have to be honest about it. Completely did not see that coming. Uh, didn't even see Ray going to be in this match. I thought it was going to be Escobar, and he got injured. 
and they wouldn't let him wrestle, and Ray took over, and boy, oh boy, Austin Theory's face as SmackDown was going off the air was priceless. <laughs> Your thoughts on that, those matches? Well, we've seen Charlotte and Asuka wrestle each other a thousand times, and I don't know why this match had to end in a no contest. Couldn't you just have uh, have had one pin or force the other to submit? I, I hate no contests. That's just my personal opinion um, in general. Um, yeah, I was shocked by uh, Rey Mysterio beating Theory, but you know what? It's, it's actually overdue for someone to have ended his reign as United States champion. Um, I, I didn't think it was going to be Rey Mysterio. I thought it was going to be L.A. Knight or somebody else. But um, And I don't see Rey holding the title for a long period of time. I mean, you know, maybe he'll hold it for a month or two before he drops the belt. But Because uh, he's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame. So there's really not a lot more for him to prove. But uh, it was kind of satisfying to see Theory finally drop the title. Yeah, I, I don't understand the decision of it being Rey, though. I don't. Uh, I know that his son has a title now, but I, I, I just I question that decision. Like you said, you got L.A. Knight. There's a lot of people out there that deserve it. Yeah, but he's Rey Mysterio, the greatest luchador of all time. How dare you? Yeah, but he's past. I mean, okay. <laughs> all right, and then we've got one more segment of results, and that is for AEW Collision results. So ever since Collision has took into the air, and Mr. Cage is my witness because he's on every episode with me, I have defended this show. I said, oh, it's even better than Dynamite. This week's better than Dynamite. Last week's better than Dynamite. This week on Collision, in my opinion, my opinion, stunk. Stunk the joint up. I didn't care, even the main event, I wasn't there for it, just didn't care for it. Let's get into it. Open up with the acclaim coming back after Billy Gunn uh, retiring in the ring, and they face the Iron Savages. No clue who these folks are. No clue who Iron Savage is. That's just me. Don't don't know them. And guys, I'm an independent guy. <laughs> I watch all this stuff. Don't know who these folks are, but uh, of course they lost. The acclaim did win. We had a tag team match: uh, Chris Stanlander and Willow Nightingale versus. Uh, Dynamite and Mercedes Martinez. Best thing about that match was Mercedes Martinez uh, actually got the victory. Uh, she's an up-and-comer, and I like her, but as far as the match itself, could care less. Um, and then we had a squash match, Samoa Joe versus Andrew Everett. Of course, Joe won the match. Your thoughts on those three matches? Uh, fun fact, Andrew Everett used to be an X-Division competitor in... Uh in uh, TNA back in the back in the day, um, quite uh, just a few years ago. I th- in fact, I think he feuded with uh, uh, Cameron Grimes at one point over the X Division title. I could be wrong about that, but I'm pr- pretty sure that's what he's from. But yeah, Samoa Joe. I mean, come on, is he going to beat Samoa Joe? I don't think so. Um, and and then, you know the uh, women's tag team match. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised that Diamante and Mercedes Martinez won this match. I totally expected. Willow Nightingale and uh, Chris Statlander to win this one, but I guess they're lining up Mercedes Martinez as a possible challenger for the TBS championship. Um, And then the Acclaimed and the Iron Savages, that just sounds like two random words that they stuck together. Um, It doesn't even roll off the tongue well. So, uh, not surprised at the end result of this match. Uh, Do you know who they are? I don't know who they are. I have never heard of them in my life. <laughs> and I look, you know, because sometimes uh, AEW is really bad about throwing guys together and uh, just calling them a tag team. So I look, like, individually at them, at their names, too, and I, I just, I don't know who they are. I don't, <laughs> I don't know where they come from, but, uh, which is odd, because I usually have heard, at least heard about somebody, but no, I don't, don't no clue. And Andrew Everett, you are correct, uh, he... Uh, he was on TNA. I don't think he was on there that long, but he was on there for a while. 
uh, and it's been a while back since he's been on there. Then we had an impromptu match for the uh, TNA Championship. The uh, current champion, Luchasaurus, faces big old Brock Anderson, Arn Anderson's baby boy. And Arn Anderson's baby boy got beat <laughs> by Luchasaurus. Yeah. If you ever want to be embarrassed, lose your match against Luchasaurus. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. And then we had the uh, the main event. It was for the AEW World Trios Championship match. House of Black, which was Malachi, Brody King, uh, Buddy Matthews, defended against CMFTR, which of course is CM Punk, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler. You know... Okay, so there was a lot of stuff going on in this match. I loved how they booed CM Punk at the beginning. There's a lot of things happening in this match. I knew who was going to win, knew who deserved to win, and kind of just like could care less about the match. I don't know why. I used to be huge uh, FTR fans, but I really didn't care. I, I don't know why. I just, you know, I like watching House of Black anytime they come on and they deserve to win as many matches as possible because they are the dominant faction right now in AEW but this match here I, I don't know if it's because CM Punk was involved I don't know but just uh, just didn't give me your thoughts well there was never a doubt of mine that Luchasaurus was going to beat Brock Anderson Brock Anderson hasn't been on television for quite a while and I I'm assuming that this is going to lead to a rematch against Wardlow because Arn Anderson was out there and he's supposed to be Wardlow's manager also but, you know, I'm not surprised by the end result here that the, that the TNT championship is still around Luchasaurus's or Christian Cage's <laughs> waist. Um, you know, the main event, I'm kind of with you, Kentucky guy. It's not that it was a bad match. It's just it was yet another match involving CM Punk. And this wouldn't bother me so much if our one of our big stories this week didn't involve CM Punk. And, of course, it's a... It's a uh, story that paints him in a negative light. Big shock, right? Yep. But at least the House of Black won this match. That's all That's all I care about. They're still the trio's champions. So let's get into that story that you were talking about. Uh-huh. Several AEW stars have been sent home from collision events. So more details are continuing to come out regarding CM Punk shooting on Hangman Adam Page following a uh, collision on Saturday night. As previously reported, Page went to collision in Greensboro so he could do a pre-tape promo backstage to hype this Wednesday's Dynamite. But once Page got to the arena, he, uh, he was told not to go to the show. And they had to do it away from the building. He was never booked for the show. Now, just to clarify, I read another update report on that. And that is true. He was in the uh, the hype video, the pre-tape video, was never supposed to happen at the show. And Hangman Page lives in that area. So it's not like he flew, you know, and then was told to leave. However, however, this goes on. Also, Ryan Nemeth was flown in collision but he was told that he was not needed and a flight was booked for him to fly home once he got to the arena punk's latest issue with Nemoth was over a tweet that said literally the softest man alive this was after punk did his return promo where he referred to counterfeit bucks Nemoth explained himself and there was no physicality with punk while speaking on wrestling observer radio dave Meltzer. Talked about the situation. And this is kind of lengthy, but I think it's worth it. Meltzer, quote, So on yesterday's show in Greensboro, Adam Page was supposed to be there. Not on the show. He was supposed to do a pre-tape. So he went to the show and was told that his, you know, basically not to go to the building, that the pre-tape was moved. And he did his pre-tape, but it was not at that building. Ryan Nenath, okay, so Ryan's story is, is that on, if you remember, the ESPN article that Mark Romney wrote, okay, and Punk's doing the whole thing, and it's about Adam, you know, making his complaints about Adam Page and Ryan Neath wrote, he never used Punk's name or anything like that. But 
pee, like there was a there was a line on Twitter, and he kind of uh, insinuated, insinuated, you know, the guy you know, it is, it's ironic that he's calling people soft, but he never used the name. So Punk confronts him on June 17th in Chicago, his first night back, and there was in, you know, something happened. I was told it was all settled. It wasn't a big deal. It was not, it was not all settled. You know, the punk side very much was, it's something that just had to be taken care of. Well, it wasn't taken care of. And it, and it, you know, what ends up happening, because one's a star and the other one is anything, you know, is not a star, is that Ryan Nemeth wasn't booked after that point. And, you know, a lot of guys don't get, don't get booked. You know, I mean, it's whatever. And without, and without, you know, boy, oh boy, the way this guy talks. Now that they don't have dark and dark evelation, evelation. And the reality is these guys like Ryan, you know, Ryan Ian doesn't have a place. Could they use him on the ring of honor? Yeah, they could, of course, but it's not, you know, it's not whatever. So they hadn't booked him. So for whatever reason, he was supposed to come back last night into Greensboro, came in, there was, there was told, you know, however the story goes, suddenly people discover he's there and that he's told not to go into the building after he was booked. So he was not, he was never at the building. Nobody saw him at the building, but he was there. This is not the only time this has happened. This has been happening. It happened to several, several other people. Ryan Alvarez says, well, I think this has happened twice to Ryan Nemeth. It's happened once before, so this would have been the second time. And yes, there are other people who, Hardy, you'll not see him on collision. Meltzer, well, Matt Hardy was booked on Saturday, went there and was told not to go to the building. Yep, after he got there. Not that, not that was last night, but Matt Hardy, you know, Matt Hardy was one of them. Christopher Daniels who had been working with Matt Sedell's, the tag team in Ring of Honor, said the same thing happened with him for whatever reason. He's not supposed to go on Saturday. And he is the freaking head of talent relations. So there may be others. But those are the ones I know of. You know, that's been happening too. And I mean, how, how this will end, who knows? I mean, it's just, you know, wait and see what happens. But it's nothing, and there's a lot more too. There's a lot of other things, too, but that stuff that's, you know, pretty much out right now. I guess so. There you go. I don't know. You got anything to add? Alvarez. But it should be made clear this is not an angle. It's not, oh, no, or set up for a future match. So that's, so that's that. There you go. But as far as, you know, Punk working with, uh, working with, every time one of these things happen, it makes it much harder, not easier, for this thing to, uh, for this thing to not going anywhere and whatever, you know, it's just what it is. You know, you can mean it's frustrating to watch because it's just really, that's all I could say. I could think how it's going to end. I don't know. The idea is that they're keeping people apart because they're afraid. Not afraid is not the word, but some people don't want other people in the dressing room. However, that is all going. I mean, as far as people themselves, they believe it's punk. Everybody believes it's punk. I'm sure that Tony will say it's not punk, just like he did before. But, I mean, it's one thing when they're not booked, you know, but it's another thing when you're not booked. Still, when you're booked and you go to the building and you're told you're not needed or they find out you're in the hotel to go back home, it's not the same. It changes the whole dynamic of everything. So, there at times, there has been plausible deniability. Still, this one feels like very impulsive deniability, which is another thing why a lot of people have, you know, are pretty hot right now. Like I've made hints of this, you know, over the last couple of weeks, but it hasn't been anything that has been what I would call bad. But it changes everything once it gets in front of the people, which it did. And once also, when it comes to a guy like, you know, Adam Page, who is like a legitimate major star, and all of a sudden he's told, you can't go to the building. That is really when you're booked, and that's a unique and bad situation. And I know that was lengthy, and I apologize, but I think 
the audience and, and all of us deserve to hear what's truly going on. And once again, be careful what you wish for, Mr. Khan. It's coming to a head. You might have re-signed Kenny Omega and the Bucks because you paid them a lot of money from what I'm hearing. But, buddy, you still have problems with Mr. Punk. It's not going anywhere, not going anywhere fast. Your thoughts, sir, on the headline? There's so much to unpack. And like we talked about for months, Kentucky guy, we knew that this issue with CM Punk was not going to go away when he was brought back to television. This guy loves to ruffle feathers. He loves to cause drama behind the scenes. If he's not happy, then he then nobody can be happy. I mean, I just, for you know, for a guy who, you know, is for all intents and purposes a big draw and a star in wrestling, I just, more as time goes on, I lose more and more respect for him as a human being. And he's someone who, who should be setting a positive example in the locker room, not having petty issues with every other person. And I mean, in my opinion, who is he to say that the director of talent relations, Christopher Daniels, can't be backstage during a show? Christopher Daniels, I mean, that's, that's an important position within the company. Talent relations, he needs to be there. So for Punk to be able to get into Tony Khan's ear and tell him, oh no, he can't be here because Ace Steel, my friend, isn't allowed to be backstage. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's just be a... Yep, I agree. And <clears throat> let's do, uh, let's get, this kind of ties into it a little bit. Let's talk about this headline. So, report, special report. The elite refusing to have a sit down with CM Punk want to remain away from him. So, the issue between CM Punk and the elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Hangman Adam Page. We're back in the headlines in the last recent days after Punk did a shoot promo on page following Saturday's collision. The issue goes back, as we all know, to backstage brawl with Punk, Omega, and the Young Bucks at All Out 2022 after he ripped several wrestlers, including all of the members of the Elite, on the post-event press conference before getting to the fight. Actually, before starting the fight. But anyways, when Punk returned to AEW, Punk was separated from those who didn't like him. Uh, working on the Collision brand. The issues between those in AEW who don't like CM Punk and Punk did not improve following his interview with ESPN and his return promo. It was said that divisiveness has become worse. Punk's comments about Page are not at work, and as recently as earlier this month, it was reported that there were still no significant backstage issues between the two sides. Issues resolved. Sean Ross of Fightful says, quote, Punk claims to people that he talks to that he still wants to sit down with Hangman Page, Young Bucks, and Kenny Omega, but they refuse. Those that Fightful has talked to have noted that Page tries to avoid the situation and over the last year has, has been interested, hasn't, has not been interested in working with Punk in whatsoever fashion. While those on Page's side state that the promo by Punk was not a work, many people who work on the Collision brand said that they believe Punk is trying to work himself into an angle. It was added by those close to the elite have stated situations like this make the EVPs want to distance themselves even more from said CM Punk. And, yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. Who? I mean, come on. You know, you cannot... You cannot work yourself into a match or a, looking at a better person by not sitting down and talking things out and getting on there and doing interviews and shoots on the person that you had the problem with. It don't just go. It does, that's not even real life. What his crew is saying doesn't even make sense. Does not even make sense. It, it's not how real life works. What a dork! Your thoughts on that headline? It it, it just piggybacking off of what we just said you know he's a toxic individual and the young bucks kenny omega and adam page who just all re you know re-signed with the company you know they want to work for aew they obviously like the company they like working for tony khan they just you know just keep us away from cm punk we don't care how much uh how much it would improve ratings we don't like the guy and we don't want to do business with him it's as simple as that you know, it really, it really does seem that simple. Uh, now that you, you know, that you just kind of throw it out there, 
that way. Uh, <laughs> I don't see uh, I don't see why they can't just keep them separated. Got a whole other show you created for the guy. Uh, I got one more headline, uh, Mr. Cajun, we'll call it an episode. And the only reason why I think this is important is because we haven't talked about this guy. And now his dad is actually, his father is actually talking about him. And that's Mike Rotundo. Quote, I'm sure Bray Wyatt will return to WWE hopefully shortly. All signs point to a matter of when, not if Bray Wyatt will be returning to WWE television. The latest reports being Wyatt is getting closer to being medically cleared for his return. Wyatt has not been able to appear on uh, WWE television since March due to an illness. While speaking with Bill Apter of Sports Kita, Wyatt's father, Mike Rotundo, IRS, was asked about the health of his former tag team partner and brother-in-law, Barry Windham, who had a major heart attack last year. Barry's doing good. Actually just uh, did a signing recently, so he's back up and running and actually doing well. Rotondo then asked about White's status with the WWE. Quote, well, you know, you read a lot of stuff on the Internet, which I wouldn't believe a lot of, of it, or in my case, any of it. Bray White, I'm sure, will return to WWE hopefully shortly, and we'll go from there. And that was it. He ended the interview right then and there. Sorry, I thought there was more to that than that, but no, that's it. On our next episode, uh, I've got, I found something pretty interesting, uh, Mr. Cage. It's five different ways that the WWE can bring back uh, Bray Wyatt and keep his momentum uh, back on track, get his momentum back on track. I thought it was an interesting read, and uh, you know we don't have time for it this segment, but next, next episode, we'll definitely get into that. But uh, your thoughts on Mike Rintundle's, uh two cents, basically two cents. <laughs> well, I've also been keeping monitoring the Bray Wyatt situation closely, and it does sound like it was a lot more serious than people were assuming. Again, you know, we, we don't have real insight into the wrestler's personal lives, so we don't know what's going on. We don't know if he's dealing with a mental illness, if it was a physical illness, if it was a lot of different factors. We don't know. I mean, obviously, many of us were frustrated when he was just taken off of TV, seemingly out of nowhere, and basically that killed the storyline that he was building towards. And the one hope that I have is when he does come back, which all signs are starting to point to him coming back within the next couple of months. I hope that they just dive right into it and don't just give us weeks and weeks of... Uh, you know, promos that don't make any sense and all these in-ring segments that go nowhere. It's like we want to see a storyline that makes sense and we want to see Bray Wyatt get back in the ring and wrestle. That's all I want. Um, and I'm not saying he needs to wrestle every week, but give us one or two matches per month at least. Um, he's obviously got a lot of popularity. People care about him and they want to see him on television. So make the fans happy, WWE. That's all I'm going to say. But obviously, if he's had to take extended time off because of a personal illness, then I'm, I'm sympathetic to that. And I hope that the guy is doing better. Yeah, and from my understanding, everything I've read, people I've talked with. Uh, by the way, before we, before we go any further, congratulations to Naito. Uh, I can never pronounce his name right. He is the winner of the G1 Climax 33 tournament this year in New Japan Pro Wrestling. So congrats to him. But uh, yeah, the uh, the mental the illness was a mental illness. Is I've pretty much been able to confirm that. So have you heard that also? That's what's been implied in a lot of the articles I've read. Oh, so. All right, sir. So that's all I have for this episode. What say you? Well, I just uh, to to go off of what you're mentioning about Naito winning the G1. Do you have any predictions for the eventual matchup between Naito and Sonata? Do you think we're going to see a new IWGP World Heavyweight Champ Kentucky guy? I think Sonata's going to win. I think Sonata is, uh, he's just, he's it right now. He's hot. Uh, he is the, uh, he's the face of New Japan. Let's just be honest about it. And uh, I think, uh, I think he's going to win. What do you think? You know, you know, there's there's a couple of different ways they could go, I'm sure, because Naito, as I understand, is nearing the end of his career, so maybe they'll want him to get one last run with the title. 
But I also kind of feel like, uh, like you're saying, Kentucky guys, Sonata's worked really hard and is kind of the face of New Japan. And to take the title off him now, would he would lose a lot of his momentum. There's only one person I see actually taking the title off of him at this point, and that is, uh, I cannot think of his first name. He's, his la- he's Finley. He's the leader of Bullet Club. Finley. Oh, David Finley. Yeah, he's the one. I mean, he's now he. You talk about the future. This guy's amazing. He he. I can see him. Uh, I can see him being the one taking that title. Have you uh, have you watched any of his matches? I haven't watched a lot of his matches, but he's uh, he's been he's been getting a lot of uh, a lot of praise. Yeah, he's uh, he's really stepped his game up since uh, uh, Jay White came to AEW, and uh, you know, of course, they all do uh, when that happens, but. He really, um, man, he's uh, he's improved a lot, <laughs> a lot. He uh, he he's always been a decent wrestler, but he's more charismatic now, and uh, everything's just kind of flowing for him. So I look for him to be in that picture very very soon uh, for the IWG Heavyweight Championship. Uh, anything else, sir? That is it for me. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> With your co-hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Folks, as always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you all.